Welcome back to Unshuffled, album reviews in order and unfiltered. I'm Andrea. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. And I'm Raylan. So before we get into this episode, we want to thank everyone for coming along to listen with us to dissect some of our favorite albums and also discover new favorites along the way as well. For the final episode in this season, we decided to break down one of our favorite albums together, which is Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. Because we all love this album so much, we're going to break down this one track by track together. So Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, I was introduced to it when it came out because I already knew some, um, I hadn't listened to Stranger in the Apps, which was the debut album, um, Phoebe's debut album, but I knew some of the tracks on, on it. So when this came out, I listened to it. I did not have such a great time listening to it. I was having a really bad day and I was on a hot beach. Um, That's not good. <laughs> and it, and it, it was gloomy and hot at the beach. Um, and it was just, like, not very fun. And I was listening to this, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't be. Um, but I... And then first time I listened to it, I was like, okay, it was good. But then a few months later, and I was completely, completely obsessed with it. Especially, um, I just, like, kept on listening to it. But definitely the peak of it was... Actually, when I went to go um, see the concert... That was definitely, like, those, like, the two weeks before and the two weeks after were my Punisher peak. <laughs> um, I'm also wearing a shirt that says Punish Him right now, which is, um, merch. Just so we are all... Everyone can get a visual. Yeah, you can't see me, but, like, I feel like that's important. Definitely. Um, and then also, I literally met Leah and Ray because, um, I only had a single ticket because there were some issues. Um, because I was supposed to... <laughs> I was supposed to go with Sarah. Sarah kind of ditched me in no, a nice way. She in didn't, a nice way. She didn't ditch. In a nice way. She didn't ditch. I still feel was, so bad. It was, it was, it, no, you shouldn't feel bad. It was circumstantial. So then I had a single ticket and then I posted on my Instagram story and Leah replied. She also had a single ticket and then we went and then Ray went the next night because we also impulsively bought tickets to the second night. And then, and then that's we all literally how up. we know each and other. And that's how we're so all friends. I feel like that's really significant <laughs> so, because. Thank you, thank Phoebe, you to Phoebe for yes. bringing Phoebe. us all together. Unshuffled is thanks to Phoebe. We truly because of her. No, literally. So, um, yesterday we all found out she's engaged, and we're all very sad about it, oh, so God, keep God. that in mind. And I don't, yeah, don't want to keep I that in mind. I love this album so much, and I'm excited to break it down. So, I started listening to Phoebe in, like, 2018. I don't know. I think that must have been sophomore year? Freshman year? Yeah. It's, like, um, end of freshman. About, sophomore. like, when Stranger in the Alps came out. Like, the first song I knew was Killer, which... <laughs> wow so if that tells you anything about my music taste when I was in high school um yeah but I've been obsessed with Phoebe forever I did a dance to smoke signals I did a duet to smoke signals when I was a freshman I think I did not know this yes you didn't um I didn't know so I've been obsessed with her for ages so of course I was really excited for Punisher when it came out I listened to it obsessively and continued to do so it my Spotify wrapped for 2021. The top five songs were all Punisher songs. I I love this album, and like Andrea said, it means a lot this year because it's how I met all of these lovely people, and seeing it live was absolutely insane. So I am so excited to talk about this every song. <laughs> yeah, like Leah, I also started listening to Phoebe in 2018, like sophomore year of high school. Um... I was so into Stranger in the Alps. I would just listen to that album in full on repeat daily. Every time I'd get in the car, it would be Scott Street. <laughs> like, yeah. to school, from school. Um, it was a lot. And I was just so obsessed with her lyricism. And then 
I remember um, the first time I started, like, really thinking about Punisher was a few months before it came out when she played some songs on um, an Instagram Live, and I downloaded all of these YouTube files onto my Spotify and would just listen to them over and over again, and I was so obsessed, and, like, I got so excited for this album to come out, and I didn't listen to it right when it came out so I could save it for when I was, like, alone in my bed in the dark. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, Optimal listening. <laughs> truly. Like, I don't know, Phoebe is just one of my favorites of all time, um, as we can all say, and um, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. So I was actually introduced to Phoebe fairly recently, but recently as in, like, late 2020. So, like, not... <laughs> Like, it's been, like, two it's been years. years. It's, yeah. been, it's been a couple years, but, like, I did not start listening to her. Like, I didn't know about her during, like, Stranger in the Alps era. I <laughs> started listening to Punisher, like, I think December, January of, like, between 2020 and 2021. And I quite literally think it changed the trajectory of my life. Like, I... <laughs> it's I so valid. It's so, like, I think it... Oh, this was my first, like, introduction to Phoebe and, like all of her music and everything, and it was just, oh my god, it was, like, very all-encompassing, and I just, I love it so much, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Amazing. So, the first track is DVD Menu, which is an instrumental little... Diddly doodle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't see this. Um, I like that it's called DVD Menu, because it's, yeah. like, it's such, I don't know, it's, like, cute. It's, it's like, a cute little precursor. Yeah, yeah, like, when yeah. you're starting a movie, like, yeah, you know, it's that music yeah, that just, like, plays on repeat and, like, gets uh-huh, you ready yeah. and into it, and I think it does exactly that, like, with the strings. It's super haunting. I'm mm. prepared to use the word haunting, like, lot, five yeah. million times while we talk about this, but this one especially, it, like, it, oh my gosh, it just sets the scene perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, it has the same melody for, to, mm. like, I Know the End, yeah, so yeah. it's, like, it's, like, a little, like, precursor to, like, mm-hmm. what, what's definitely, to come. Like, yeah. And it definitely lets you know that you're getting into an album that is made with the intention of being listened to as an album. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I also the transition into gor- Garden Song. It's yes. so, it's very smooth. It's so good. Yeah. Yes. So with that, much like this transition. Yeah. <laughs> with that, so I'm going to talk about Garden Song, which was the lead single for Punisher. And I remember when this came out, It, of course I loved it. I remember listening to it in the back of dance with my friends and we were just like, how does she always do this? It's incredible. I think it's my number four listen to song of all time. Like, I I love it. This one's pretty high up there for me too. It's gorgeous. I remember seeing it live. I have such distinct memories of seeing it live. She had this really cool background on stage like a visual where it was like a storybook opening. Oh my god. Um, and I just remember seeing the book open and being like, oh my gosh, it's starting, which is what it does for the album. As soon as she, I remember very vividly, I wasn't sitting with you guys like during the concert, but as soon as she played the opening notes to Garden Song, I like burst into tears. <laughs> I was <laughs> crying. It felt like so surreal. I also just love that song. So, Yeah, so... Um, I was reading what she said about this song, and she says it's about um, how your dreams and, like, how you decide to see the world affects how you really do see it. So if you go into something, like, believing it's going to be bad, you're going to see all of the darkness and, like, vice versa. And I think that's totally, totally true. And so some of the lyrics she talks about killing basically this person's neighbor and then planting a garden on top of the body, and I love that. It's... Like, something beautiful is coming out of something very dark. 
Like, everything's growing in our garden. You don't have to know that it's haunted. I love that line so much. You know, making something super meaningful out of something really bad. Like, if you're in a really bad place and moving on from that. And then on top of that, just the storytelling throughout this whole song is just, it's mesmerizing. It's so dark, but it's beautiful, which is, I think, her, kind of her brand, honestly. Yeah. Um, And then there's also, like, a little bit about I think about growing up and like growing up too fast without realizing it like she says I don't know how but I'm taller it must be something in the water and that's something that definitely resonates with me and finally there's if you listen to it really hard there's a super super low voice that's layered under hers I love that and it's actually her tour manager I didn't know that yeah she just like discovered that she loved his voice and then if you listen really hard, it's just there. It's kind of growly, and it just adds another deeper layer to this song, which you I You can really love. hear it, and, like, towards the end, it's like, then I knew... Oh, what is it? Then I knew what I wanted. Yes. Thank yes. you. <laughs> but I love Garden Song so much. Yeah. Next is Kyoto. Okay. Kyoto? Oh, my gosh. I could talk about this song for hours. This was my most listened to song of 2020. Was it really... Yeah, because um, if you know anything about me, I have the most obsessive listening habits. I think <laughs> <laughs> they're laughing because they know. Um, I think my rapt in 2020 said that I listened to this song one time, 67 times in one day. Oh my god. <laughs> we don't have to unpack that one too much. Um, this is like part of my favorite type of song where it's really sad music that isn't sad until you look at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's that's just like, so good. It's a fun genre. It's my <laughs> like, favorite. Yeah. Um, the instrumentals on this song are so good. There's just so much to dive into between, like, the chord progression. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> no, the chords on this song are so good. She uses this chord in, at the end of the chorus, um, I watched a, like, video essay on this. He referred to it as the Elliot Smith chord, but basically, um... If you, this is like a little theoretical, but it's the five of five chord. Um, the secondary dominant? The secondary dominant, but she's not using it to push toward um, the new tonic. Uh-huh. So it feels really out of place and it's really haunting, but mm-hmm. it feel like it adds so much to that song. Um, that's when she says, and then I changed my mind. I think just her using that chord in the place that she does is so smart and it really shows her craft as a songwriter obviously the horns in this song are so good and they feel really anthemic and like i really like that part after the chorus where there are a lot of little subtle guitar licks hidden in there that aren't really present throughout the entire song because it really just feels like an entire band which is so fun um and also just her vocal harmonies in the chorus are so good and they add such a full sound and um I really enjoyed that video where she was talking about how originally this song was going to be a lot like Stranger in the Alps way slower and sound a lot sadder but then they decided to make it this more up-tempo rock feel. I love how it can be both like seeing this one the copycat killer version of it which just like makes it so much more depressing just like (laughs) obviously I mean it's She's a lot softer with her voice in that one, too. Yes. Yeah, I, I just, correctly. the Copycat Killer EP is insane, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Every song, it just, like, adds so much depth, and, like, the strings, I'm a sucker for strings, like, that's a that's shock, obviously. I but, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. 
So I'm going to talk about Punisher, which this was my the first Phoebe song that I really, really loved. And it was actually my second most listened to song of 2021. So that's fun. Anyway, um, this song is about Elliot Smith, actually, if, if anyone didn't know. Um, Elliot Smith was like, I love that in the chorus she says, like, what if I told you I feel like I know you but we never met? Which is, like, this is, like, her artist, like, her, like, comfort artist, the artist that she looks up to, the artist that inspires, like, a lot of her work, but she she never got to meet him or anything because he passed away, unfortunately. Um, but it also, like, I feel like stuff like that makes me happy because artists, I feel like it's always cool when I see, like, artists that I admire have someone that they admire, um, and to have her put that in a song, I feel like it's just really cool. Um, I'm going to point out the line, the house where you live the Snow White, which I think is so cool because, first of all, I did a little bit of digging and I wrote that she, like, this line, I did not know what it was about at first, but it's about his, like, house in L.A. and how it looks very, like, cottagey, but also, like, um, Elliot Smith was into a lot of drugs, so, like, Snow White is cocaine <laughs> the first opening line of this song is like when the speed kicks in and mm-hmm. Elliot Smith has a song called Speed Trials which is the opening track on either or um, so there's that connection too mm, embarrassingly enough I did not know what a Punisher was for a really long time <laughs> and it took me like a really long time to figure it out um, but I have since learned for anyone that does not know what a Punisher is um, Phoebe defines it as like a person who is painful to talk to in a way that you just want out of the conversation without being like rude and you want it like you want to be polite but all you can think of is just how much you don't want to talk to that person and I think she used that in response to like her fans but also she is afraid of being a punisher to people that she admires um so I feel like I would be afraid of being a punisher <laughs> just because I like I feel like a lot of people can relate to this too, like afraid of overstaying your welcome and like creeping in too much on a person, especially if they're a person that you admire. Um, I really like the alliteration on like a copycat killer with a chemical cut, mm-hmm. either I'm careless or I want to get caught. So good. And then lastly, I'm just going to close it out with the lyric. The ending lyric is, wouldn't know where to start, wouldn't know when to stop. And I, when I first heard this song, this is the first song of Punisher that I ever heard. And I listened to that song, I listened to that line, and I was like, okay, so this is what I'm getting into. (laughs) I was just kind of like, whoa, and it was really just like, I feel like it all kind of clicked for me, and I was like, okay, I feel like I can really relate to this. Yeah. yeah. From that song, I really love this line, sorry, I'm just going to mention it. I really love the line, I go to the store for nothing. Yeah. There's something about that line, and also I think the copycat killer is also like, she... So many people compare Phoebe to Elliot Smith because her sound mm-hmm. is pretty similar. Yeah. And then, like, either I'm careless or I want to get caught. It's like, I don't care if I sound similar to him. Like, I love him so much. Like, exactly. I'll be a copycat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Halloween is up next. And I feel like this one is one that people just, like, don't pay attention to. But I did not listen to... Okay, gotta say it. I wasn't one that I, like, listened to... A lot until after I saw her live because hearing it live was just so good. I just, I don't know, maybe it's because nobody pays enough attention to it, so I have to like give it all my love. <laughs> um, but I love this one so much. I just think that 
I love the opening line, like, I hate living by the hospital, the mm. sirens call all night. Also, right now, we, like, we all live next to a police station, so I, if I open my window at night, I literally can't sleep because sirens I hear all sirens night. all night. Yeah. And also, I used to joke that if they woke you up, somebody better be dying, and mm. I just felt that one so much because I... Love I that line. I have such dark humor. That, that is like, so your humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, growing up, my parents would just be like, you can't, you can't say stuff like this. But, like, <laughs> Phoebe says stuff like this, so maybe I can. So it's okay. Maybe she's an enabler. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no. And I really, like, like, there's so many genius lines. So basically this entire song, at least to me, it's how, it's about this relationship that is just kind of, like, very much doomed. Like, they know it's going to end and it's kind of boring, but they're just, like, almost like too lazy to like get out of it you're like we're already here um so then that's why it's like baby it's halloween and we can be anything um like let's pretend that we're in a working relationship and that we're not doomed to fail type of thing Mm -hmm. and it's just so i mean this album is very much like haunting and creepy and i feel like this is very much that song like all the little things that she puts in there the synths and the melodies just sound so creepy and like i I keep just like reading the entire i think that first verse is just so good but like Mm -hmm. Sick of the questions I keep asking you that make you live in the past, but I can count on you when you tell me the truth when you've been drinking and you're wearing a mask because, like, it's just so genius how, like, the mask is, like, a double... Like, it's a literal mask because it's a a holiday, but also, like, drinking just, like, you know? Mm -hmm. Masking your real personality and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And And the time that this came out was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. then when you first hear that line in the context of summer of 2020, it was... The most insane moment. Yes. Yeah. She had no idea what was going to happen when she when wrote she it. When she wrote it, yeah. Mm-hmm. When they sung it live and her and Harrison were, like, literally touching foreheads and just, like, singing back and forth to each other, which just, oh, it was just so powerful. Um, and my favorite line from this song, I've already said literally all of the lines, <laughs> but my favorite line is, always surprised by what I do for love, some things I never expect. I love that mm. one. So, oh, God. So next up is Chinese Satellite, which we're all going to talk about. So this one's a real hitter for me in, like, several ways. It feels very relatable in a way that when she talks about this song, she talks about how she tried to run once, and she absolutely hated it. And that was literally me. Like, when I went to go see this concert, I hated running so much that I would go out, and I'd be like, what is happening? Like, why do people choose to do this? Like, she says, um... Be, I've been running around in circles pretending to be myself. Why would somebody do this on purpose when they could do something else? That felt like me for like a year, especially when this came out. I just think everything in this song is so genius. Like all the production, the melodies, and honestly, this one wasn't one of my favorites until I listened to the copycat killer version. Me and too. That one, that like, one had really me really got me into cold. this song. I love that version, but it kind of like made me it influenced how i like this one too. totally and then when the the drum fill before the second verse when it says like you were screaming at the oh, evangelicals mm-hmm. it's so good um one of my favorite lines from this is i will never be your vegetable mm-hmm. because i just think it's kind of like a quirky line it reminds me of killer yeah mm-hmm. but it's like just so powerful for someone to tell you like no like if i'm brain dead like just unplug me yeah it's exactly like killer yeah Yeah. um and okay wrapping it up um the other part i really like about this song is how just trying to look up for look out to something to try to believe in something yet not really seeing it because i used to be a very like spiritual person and now i'm not and it's been hard to kind of have nothing to fall back on and i think she really embodies this and also relates it to a relationship with someone else 
Yeah, so this whole song is literally feels like she jumped into my brain and like saw everything and I am mostly going to talk about the lyrics because just literally every line like hurts somehow. Um, I love it. Love it. So I am generally a <laughs> in like the <laughs> sense of like spirituality and like religion and whatever. Um, and so is Phoebe clearly from this song. Um, she, in an interview about the song she talked about, she says, I like to believe ghosts and aliens exist, but I kind of doubt it. And which is like, yes. Um, and it's like, this whole song is about being desperate for something to like believe in and like, you know, have faith in, but like feeling lost in that isolation because like, like in your brain, you kind of know that there isn't like the line, I want to be wrong. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the lines, I wish I wrote it, but I didn't, so I learned the words, hum along till the feeling's gone forever, which is exactly me also, because I love music. I'm not a musician. Like, I'm not a songwriter. Like, I never do that, but music still has such a big impact on me. So this is, like, entirely me. I feel it about this song, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I wish I wrote it, but I didn't, I know. so I learned the I words. Wrote, I wrote down the exact same one. I was going to mention it, but I forgot. I'm like, damn, yeah. It's amazing. It's um, so great that she feels that way, too. Though. I know. I'm yeah. like, okay. It's crazy. Um, and then, sorry, I'm going to say pretty much every line in this whole song. I'd stand on a corner embarrassed with a picket sign if it meant I could see when I died. I was uh, going to say that yeah. one. Like, that is such, like, the stuff that she's been saying throughout the song and then having that line like it just it the amount of love that you have to have for a person to say that is huge Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. okay this is one of my favorite songs of all time I think this is my number four most listened to song on Spotify um the chords in this once again so good once again Siad 9 (laughs) is right in there I wrote down I'm trying to write down lyrics to point out but I relate to almost every lyric in this verse it's so bad in this song it's so bad one time she said in kind of a joking way that this song is about turning 11 and not getting a letter from Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh my god. And I just think that that's oh. so perfect because I feel like that's sort of a relatable thing when, you, when you're when you young and you like have so much hope and then you're kind of waiting for something to happen and nothing happens. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, I have to like go out and do something mm-hmm. to make life meaningful. And that was like, I don't know, That's that was just such a relatable thing for me growing up. And... Oh, every single lyric in here. Like, but you know I'd stand on the corner with a picket sign. Yeah. I I just think about that one so frequently. Like, that is such a good way of describing love, mm-hmm. as you I said. Agree. And the harmony on But That's Impossible makes me want to scream because it's so perfect. And it just hits so hard every time. And you can tell her desperation during it, but how she's accepted that this is her worldview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think it's so powerful that she's yearning for something that she knows that she's never going to have. And that's a really interesting feeling to just yeah. describe in a song. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the picket fence or picket sign line really quick and just say that, like, literally, I don't think any of her other lines make me feel the way that that one does. Just because, like, it's like, I don't know, conforming to something that you're, like, embarrassed about or, like, uncomfortable about and don't, like, believe in, but doing it anyway because of either what people will think of you or, like, because there's a tiny part of yourself that's, like, well, maybe I'm going to do this just because, like, like a superstitious part because you're, like, I don't want to risk it. Yeah, like, Does just, that make in, sense? Case, just like, in case this is real, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it meant I would see you when I die, like, ugh. 
I just, I love it. Next up is Moon Song, which is probably the most crushing <laughs> song. I mean, to me, it is the most crushing song on this album. It completely breaks me apart every time. I played it on my radio show at 2 p.m. yesterday. It was cruel. It just, like, absolutely ruined everyone's day. <laughs> and then I found out she was engaged, and it was just... <laughs> and then it was karma. <laughs> it was karma. Um, but, yeah, when I was sobbing when I heard this live, like, those lyrics did not hit as hard as they did. It just hit so much harder when I saw it live. And there's so many lyrics. Like, I could, like, you asked to walk me home, but I had to carry you. Like, just that beginning, like, what? And then you pushed me in, and now my feet can touch the bottom of you. I wanted to talk about this because I realized this today after listening to the song so many times, but she has so many, like, water metaphors. Like, you pushed me in, and now my feet can't touch the bottom of you. And then the in the second verse where she's talking about the birthday party, it's, like, nautical-themed. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the moon controls the tides. I was mm. just going to say that. And I think it just, like, literally all ties it back together. Um, like holding me like water in your hands and then not only this this goes into savior complex which literally has in the beginning like little c sounds Mm -hmm. and i just think it makes it all fit like so well together the whole like a dog with your bird at your door metaphor i just think it is so crushing like the fact that she loves this person so much that she because dogs bring gifts to their humans I just, this whole song she talks about, it's the feeling of wanting to be stepped on. Like, loving loving someone so much that you would literally take anything from them, which, uh, so it's, it's about loving someone who hates themselves, basically. Um, and also, she is doing part of the soundtrack for Conversations with Friends, which is one of my favorite books and one of her favorite books. And also, we both have Capricorn Moons, and this is Moon Song. So, <laughs> this song is very, very special to me. Um... <laughs> I just feel like she feels things the way that I feel them. Um, That's valid. Yeah. Also, the line, you could have stuck your tongue down the throat of somebody who loves you more. It's like sticking your tongue down somebody else's throat. All Like, the way she says it feels so, like, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yet, like, I'm the one who loves you the most, but, like, I literally will take anything. The first time I listened to Punisher, that's the line that I remember so distinctly. Like, listening to Moonsong and hearing that, I was just like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> like, that, oh my gosh. And then, if I could give you the moon, I would give you the moon. Mm. And you are sick, and you're married, and you might be dying. Like, when she sings that, I, I lose all of it. Especially reading Conversations with Friends, too. Because it's literally so applicable to if the entire book. you know Conversations with Friends, you know what said, we're talking about. Okay, wrapping it up. I love this song so much. And I, I love anything that sings and talks about, like, power dynamics and relationships. And I think this one does it incredibly. And it's one of my favorite songs ever. Okay, I'm going to talk about Savior Complex, which was one of the first ones that, like, in my first listen through, like, Punisher, this was, like, one of the first ones that really, really stood out to me. Um, First of all, the strings in this song. I was going to say I'm such a sucker for strings, but Leah stole my lines. (laughs) I just, I really am. I think we all are. I think we're all all suckers for strings. strings, But, like, seriously, like, it's any... It just makes the song... Like, it just really elevates it to, like, a whole other level. And I just don't... I don't know how to talk about it. Ugh. So many lyrics. Um, the first one I really, really like is, like, Baby, you're a vampire. You want blood and I promised. And it's, like, vampires and, like, sucking the relation... Like, the life out of the relationship or the life out of, like, another person. But she's, like... She's, like, I already, like, promised you t- this to you because it's because of, like, the savior complex. You know what I mean? Like, the sort of, like, self-sacrificing thing because, like, she's, like, I'll feel better if you're the one that's, like, thriving 
because, and, like, it doesn't even matter, like, if I feel bad because I know that I'm at least helping you out, and even if it's not what I really want, which is, like, that I'm a bad liar with a savior complex. Yeah, and, like, following Moonsong with savior complex is just, like, (laughs) brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. And then the first time I, like, heard this, I was, like, Phoebe is a genius because of the, like, throughout, is it the end of the chorus? Or she says, like, I don't know what part it is in, like, technically, but, um, like, all the bad dreams that you hide, show me yours, I'll show you mine. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the song, she says, she only says, show me yours. She doesn't say, like, I'll show you mine, and that's, like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's because of, like, the savior complex, like, she's, she's only doing this because, to like, help that other mm-hmm. because, like, her motive, like, as, like, a rescuer, either mm-hmm. to, like, see others' problems and want to fix them, or to see them so that she can feel better about her own problems, I just, oh my god, the song has so many, so, so many layers and um, to it, and I just, I love it so, so much, and I, I think that, like, maybe, like, the rescuer thing, or, like, basically the concept of a savior complex is something that a lot of people can relate to, which is um, dangerous, but, <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like it is relatable, so... Okay, next up, we have ICU, which, um, this was the second single, right? I believe so. This was the second single after Garden Song, and this was the most, like, this was before Kyoto was released, so it was the most different and upbeat song I'd heard from her, and I was so shocked when she first put it out, and it took me a little time to get into it, but then, like, once I looked at the lyrics, I was completely sold. Like, that first verse, oh my gosh, the hours I spent thinking about this song, (laughs) The lyric, and I get this feeling whenever I feel good, it'll be the last time. I'm so afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, there are just so many feelings that Phoebe describes so well, and I never think I would hear them said as perfectly or candidly as she puts them. But that line is just so perfect and just very relatable. Um, and I feel like the line that comes before this, that sentiment of I've been playing dead my whole life, really connects to um Chinese satellite Mm -hmm. she just has such a way with words of in both a poetic way and just capturing a feeling exactly how you're feeling it and I think that the drums in this song are so cool and the way that she uses it with that line um I used to light you up now I can't even get you to play the drums and then it pauses and you expect there to be a huge drum beat but it's just a guitar hit because it's so good she can't get him to play the drums (laughs) (laughs) um she has such cool harmonies in this song, too. Like, when she says, I don't know what I want, and I can't say the next line. <laughs> um, censored. Censored. Um, and I think that the structure of this song is also really cool, because towards the end, you think that the song is ending, and then it kind of, like, explodes again um, with that final, like, burst. When she's screaming the upper harmony at the end, that is so, also so So, good. good. And... Um, the last thing I'll say about this song is that, um, no, two more, sorry. (laughs) Um, I really love the line, it's amazing to me how much you can say when you don't know what you're talking about, and Mm -hmm. sometimes when I hear some people say some things, it just, like, pops into my mind. I think about that a lot. Yeah. It kind of just lives in my brain. It really does. And the last thing is, one time me and my best friend, like, argued about what the last line of this song was for so long. Do you know what it is? Because I... I don't. <laughs> I only got clarification on it last night when I looked it up, and it's let the dystopian morning light pour in. And I used to think it was um like a dystopian morning like the wind. 
And yeah, I, that's, I feel like that's I how feel I like always like turned it. I just didn't really head. know what it was and was just kind yeah. of singing this out. <laughs> yeah, but um, Let the Dystopian Morning Light Pour In is such a good line. Wow. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my gosh. Okay, moving on to Graceland 2, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. It was my number one song of 2021, like yeah. most listened to. I, I cannot even describe how much this song means to me. I listened to it so much senior year. Like, I just saw it, uh, like, being applicable to my life in so many aspects. Like, just, I use it as motivation, you know? Like, like she can do anything she wants to. Like, she knows she'll live through it to get to this moment. You know, all of those classic lines. It just, like, being able to, like, like, move on to something better and, like, just, um kind of leave something behind that you might want to leave behind and then move on to something better. Um, It has so many lines that are genius. Like, Rebel Without a Clue is one of my favorite lyrics ever. Like, like, doesn't know what she wants or what she's going to do. And then A Rebel Without a Clue. Like, how do you come up with this stuff? I love that line. Um, And then the part where she talks about we spent what was left of our serotonin, blah, 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 blah. Um, It's just like that makes me think back to like my friends back home and like all the stuff that we've had to get through together and then like living through it and moving on from it which we have also done which is so important um and then i would do anything for you just i feel like you know this song is definitely about love and i think you can apply it to like many different kinds of love like platonic love or romantic love um she has said about this song that it's about caring for somebody who hates themselves. Um, which, yeah, you can... <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> you can t- definitely tell. Um, but it just, it's insane. Also, it has Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker on background yeah. vocals. So when it's, I figured that out, I was, like, mind blown and I was so excited. <laughs> it's the complete boy genius trio, which I love anything that any of those three produce. And when they put their, like artistic minds together it is insane and I think that adds so much to it because it's about love and friendship and getting through really terrible things together I think that just having her actual friends on it and partners in music together it just makes the song for me and I will always love this song forever yes um so lastly we're going to talk about I Know the End we're all going to talk about this one because it's an insane song so I think this is a perfect song. Um, it's one of my favorite songs of all time, which I've pretty much said about all of the songs so far, but anyways, um, it's insane. I It's like two different songs, like I Know and The End, and I read that it started off as a song called I Know, and then she like added the bit on. I was gonna say, wh- something that I thought about is I was like, I'm curious to know if um, she actually, like, if they started off as two completely different things, or if it they did. were, if it was always one kind of, like, entity. Yeah, I know existed on its own, and then she added a bunch of this on. It's a huge song. Like, the end with the, just everything building, and then the screaming. It's just, it's so cathartic, and, oh my god, I can't even articulate how I feel about it. So, the end where all the instruments build and then she starts screaming it's just letting out so many emotions that are too much to put into words like she's a very very talented lyricist and then when it gets to the point where she can no longer like express the feelings and it just turns to screaming that like shows how 
like how big the emotions are and seeing that live and screaming oh. with the entire crowd of people mm. that was like i think most the most like freeing moment of my like entire existence like screaming with a bunch of random people like yeah. to this song was um, after being like so emotional for the entire concert yeah. too like it just felt yeah. like letting everything go and it was so good yeah it's insane it's it's melancholy it, it i love the way that the beat picks up and then it just it starts accelerating and it gets you excited for what's coming next and you know in the beginning it's like beautiful and you know slow and pretty and then it builds up to this like explosion and i i love this song every time i listen to it and i could never get tired of it yes okay so um the first time i heard this song as i said before was on an instagram live in april of 2020 on pitchfork's instagram and i would highly recommend that anyone listening to this go back and watch that video because the end of i know the end is so insane because she doesn't have a band around her it's just her in her pajamas with her guitar and instead of this huge um ending that's so apocalyptic and chaotic and huge um it's just her doing like a little like just that in the guitar and it's it blows my mind it's so good and yeah i downloaded that onto my um phone and i would listen to that while running around my neighborhood every day for like months of quarantine sarah's queen of downloading things and then just listening to them (laughs) until they're actually released (laughs) yeah um and then there's so much i could say about this song but really just the transition into the intro with the strings when you feel it coming on that feeling is unmatched so good and the melody of i know the end is so no sorry of the end like the outro part mm-hmm. is so perfect. Just the way that it climbs up and then comes back down in a perfect arch every time is so perfect. And I'm so obsessed with it. <laughs> this song is just so sacred to me. Like, I can't say too much about it because it's <laughs> just so good. Uh, first of all, I, like, I love the first part. Like, I know because it's so, like, there's no place like my room. Like, I just, I love everything about it. And, like, I that part the beginning part like makes me so emotional and then like it builds up and I just like my emotions are so like heightened it's a like when the scream comes around I just feel oh my god it's like the perfect build up and release and it's so good um I there's a part like towards the end like no towards the end of I know (laughs) like right before the transition she says like a bird in your teeth um which refers back to Moonsong, but then also, I never noticed this, but if you, like, because I usually don't listen to it with headphones, which is is weird, I don't know why, I just don't, but just before, like, the instrumental part gets faster and, like, the percussion comes in, you can hear chirping birds Mm -hmm. in the background, and I had never noticed that before, and I got so excited when I (laughs) listened to it, because I was like, oh my god, oh my god, um, I also get, like, literal full-body chills every single time she starts saying, like, a haunted house with a picket yes. fence. Yes, To float around and ghost my friends. That line that, is, And then, is... like, it goes into that, no, I'm not afraid to disappear. The oh, word said the end is near, and it just, oh, I, like, literally, like, 
and start shaking because <laughs> it's, it's so good. And then, also, wait, sorry, yeah, really quickly, ahead. while we're on that line, the line right before that, I forgot to mention, either way, we're not alone. I'll find a new place to be from. Genius. Absolute so genius. Sick. Because you think, the first time you hear it, you think she'll say, I'll find a new place to call home. But no, it's to all, be to from. Be, from. To be from. Insane. It's so good. Um, the first, okay, so the first time I heard, I ever heard this song, I was so startled by the screams because I just <laughs> did not see it coming at all. Because I, like, I, I know it starts out so differently, and I thought the whole song was going to be like that. I didn't know anything. But, and then now, like, that part has, I, like, I was confused by them almost. But it, that part has grown on me so much. And after, like, seeing it live, it's one of, it's, like, literally my favorite part of the song. And then also, just a little a little thing for the end. Um, my dad pointed out, like, after she does, like, those whisper screams, like, right before the song cuts off, she does this little cough. And now, every single time yeah. I listen to it, I can't unhear it. So, thank you, Dad, for that. Yeah, I also love this song so much. And I think the main reason why I love it is just because I feel like it's just such a good closing track. Like, I just think it makes so much sense. And also, I notice all these, like, callbacks to all the other songs. Like, mm-hmm. like a wave that crashed and melted on the shore. That reminds me of Saber Complex. Then she does another one. Um, when the sirens sound, you'll hide under the floor. And that reminds me of Halloween. And then the bird at your door. Yep. And then... Um, and then it says picket fence, but it reminds me of picket sign. Yep. Yeah. Um, because picket is just, like, not a common word, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things that I love about the song, and it really just captures the whole apocalyptic vibe, which is definitely what she was going for. And I, I just think it's, like, just such a good closer, and I like that she combined them because you're not expecting it. And I just love songs that are, like, two completely different songs in one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that I will say, to just to end it off, because this kind of pertained to, like, the concert... She has a lot of lyrics that, so as her encore, she did That Funny Feeling by Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. which felt a little out of pocket, but then, <laughs> um, like at first, but then yeah. you read the lyrics from that song, and then it's just like a lot of contrasting things, and just like about how messed up the world is, and that reminds me of the verse in um, the end, where it's um, uh, um, a slaughterhouse, an outlet mall, slot machines, fear of God. That's, like, the same thing as how, yes. like, that funny feeling is structured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's about how, kind of, it's so apocalyptic and how we're literally living in an apocalyptic world. And yeah. the fact that this came out, like, mid-pandemic, it's just so powerful. And it's just scary, absolutely incredible. To be honest. <laughs> I can't believe she wrote this before the pandemic. I know. I know. Like... She is fortune teller. Yeah. <laughs> she tells the future. Like, just the release rollout of it was just crazy yeah. timing. I don't know if it was her that said this, but I feel like it was. I feel like one time she said, the world is ending all the time. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that is really just like the a summary of this album. Like, yeah. the end is near. Like, it's always, you're always anticipating it, or she's at least always anticipating yeah. the ending and, like, fearing for the worst. But then, like, also kind of accepting it. Like, in this song, I feel like she's kind of accepting it or, like, like she knows it's coming, so she's just, like... Yeah, you know she's what? like, yeah, I guess yeah. the end is here. Yeah. It's not a huge deal. Exactly. She's used to it. Yeah. Because it's always like, been near. Climate change. Like, l- let the ultraviolet cover me up. Yeah. Like oh, such a good line. I'm scared. Yeah. It's okay. insane. <laughs> so, Punisher is an insane album, and you must go listen to it right now. Um, but... Thank you for breaking down this album with us on Shuffled. We will see you very soon for season two, which will be available in fall 2022.